You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers fall 77 to 73 to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament semifinals. Uh, that result drops IU now to 22 and 11 on the season. Uh, and I'm your host Andy Bottoms. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Jeff Marlowe, and I believe Coach Tonsoni is going to attempt to uh, join us again as well, and we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Uh, and this was a game where IU played uh, poorly in a stretch to end the, the second half, about the middle of the second half, really uh, gave up an early lead similar to uh, what they did in the Maryland game. And it seemed like at times in the second half they were going to be able to uh, make another comeback. But unfortunately, uh, once they were came back and got the game tied, Penn State extended the lead once again. And despite a frenetic comeback from IU at the end, uh, where they played with a whole different sense of urgency than they had played with in uh, in previous parts of the game, uh, that was uh, you know that was that was kind of the story. And Penn State ends up holding on to win uh, by four points. So I think what we'll end up feeling like we're talking about here is a somewhat similar refrain, uh, quite honestly, to what we've had in, in a number of other losses over the course of the season in terms of it not really being. The fact that they lost, it was how they lost and, and how they played in key stretches of the game. So we'll talk more about that as we break down uh, the game on the show today. But we'll start the show as we do with every show, and that's with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. Uh, the Banner Moment, I guess, seemed like uh, in the in the middle of the second half when IU tied it at 47, ran a nice uh, baseline out-of-bounds play, got the ball into TJD, who dunked it and tied the game at 47. Uh, that really culminated an IU comeback that, Featured some strong play from the bench once again. I think they got nine straight out of Tamar Bates and Malik Renew, both of whom gave a good lift over the course of the game. And it was TJD who was able to get the last basket to uh, to finally tie the game up. And as I said before, the, the problem was it felt like that was uh, shaping up to be the banner moment. And then Penn State ripped off seven in a row. And uh, IU never really totally recovered, although, uh, as I mentioned, they did make a good comeback at the end, but it uh, was... Too little, too late, and I think many of us uh, know that we did a post-game show after this. We're hoping for a, you know, kind of the other side of a, a late-game meltdown uh, against Penn State that IU had some years ago, where they just couldn't get the ball in bounds and and struggled there. And uh, but anyway, the, the banner moment again was a, a, that play from TJD that, that tied it up. Also, uh, uh, probably close to that was a, a, a really impressive dunk and from Race Thompson in the first half when things were going a little bit better for IU, and that was uh, one of the one of the last good plays of the first half before it got away from him a little bit. Uh, as they went that way. But uh, our banner moment today is always brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, who is now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call. They're second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And as you surely know by now, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison and the new uh, women's basketball Big Ten Champs shirt uh, that I have worn, that I wore last night. Thought it was lucky. Wore it again under my sweatshirt today. Not so much. Uh, but if you support other college programs or have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them as well. 
Their product line now extends to more than 120 schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. Uh, as Jared mentioned last night, they are coming back out with the IU Bomber jacket, so uh, limited time to sign up for uh, and get one of those ordered. So if that's something that interests you as an IU fan, make sure you go out and do that soon before they are gone once again. Uh, but no matter what you buy, you know that it'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through the Kelly School of Business. And what could be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts on the rest of our team. And Ryan, we'll start with you. Probably lots to... Uh, rant about from this game may be hard to narrow it down quite honestly uh, if, if you're so inclined so um, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll throw it to you first for your thoughts yeah that last scramble I think was a combination of Penn State being fatigued and IU finally waking back up but they were down 15 with you know two and it was two and a half minutes left something like that I mean and that felt like what the game was honestly Indiana got it to 40 tied it at 47 as you mentioned and then just they got back by going straight to trace jackson davis and letting him go to work and they got some baskets off of that but it was mostly just let your all-american go to work because it penn state doesn't have anybody that's quick enough to guard him especially not fatigued and he was able to work his way around get some baskets draw some fouls and then they tied it up and went directly away from that and didn't go back to that for a while and I, I just am puzzled as to why and why there wasn't more of an emphasis, not only from the leaders on the floor, but also from the bench to be like, no, 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 stop what you're doing and go back to our All-American, please. Because they took some bad shots, had a turnover, and Penn State just lengthened the lead right there. And that was really the only time they got it within five at one point, but it never felt like it was that close. And quite frankly, today, the, the, the day is based on you know, Hood Shafino, four of 13 from the field. Penn State baited him. You know, he's a great pull-up jump shooter, but Penn State baited him into contested twos and baited him into off-balance twos where he was had his body shifting as he's shooting it. And, you know, he finished with 11 points. He had a couple of those late, but four of 13 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. And then Trey Galloway for the second game in the row just didn't show up on either end of the floor. Tamar Bates was far better than him on both ends of the floor today again, which is a bad sign for Indiana because you need a guy like Trey Galloway to be playing well on both ends of the floor to win. Because if you face a team like Penn State in the NCAA tournament, they're going to do exactly what they did to Indiana today. And Indiana has not really, they've had minor adjustments, but they haven't changed their philosophy against teams like this all season. It's basically go out on an island and guard. And if they switch, we're switching everything, regardless of if it's a bad matchup. They don't double guys who drive in when it's a, when it's a bigger guard or forward who drives in. They don't run a double or do anything or, or even show a double. And that's why Pickett was able to crush him. They would switch on to Tamar Bates. Tamar Bates is not strong enough to guard Jalen Pickett. And he would just back. It's not Tamar's fault. He's a big dude who's going to back you right down. And there was no help from anyone coming. Um, just some of the little adjustments that could have been made were not made. Uh, late again, they woke up, pressed. They could have pressed at five minutes. Maybe they changed things. Maybe they speed the game up, which was more to their liking. It didn't happen. Uh, and what happened at the end was they got within three. It's great. He had a shot to win it. I don't think Jalen's the guy they want taking that three-pointer there. I think you want to go straight to the hoop or go to the hoop and kick out to a guy like tomorrow to hit some threes. Instead, Jalen goes and bounces off a pull-up as he had all day, a contested pull-up, and missed it. And I don't think anyone was surprised that he missed it. Um, but it was too little too late. It was a great push. I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the heart, the heart to get back into it. Again, too little too late. And a team that, 
you're playing a team that played three games in three days and you're the one who looked tired at the end. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure what the takeaway is other than teams like Penn state teams like Iowa are a bad matchup for Indiana and they better hope they don't get paired with a team like that in the NCAA tournament. All right, coach Marlowe throw it to you next for your uh, opening thoughts on the game. Well, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of Ryan a little bit. I, I And again, I said it last night. I've been the biggest champion of Trey Galloway on this show as there is. And he was it just wasn't good. I mean, two games and two points. And and that just in, in this environment, we need Trey Galloway to be giving us what he gave us most of the Big Ten season, which was close to double figure points and consistent shooting and leadership and hustle and all those other intangibles that just weren't showing up today. Um, I. I was really alarmed, Andy, and, and the rest of you, by the lack of urgency that uh, I just felt like we we started off well. For 20 minutes. But for a good 20 minutes of the of game I, I action, there was – it was longer than 20, but okay. Yeah, it might have been closer <laughs> to 25, 25, 30 minutes of, of, of no urgency. And then, But when we play with urgency, same thing I said last night, we're capable of playing with and beating good teams and anybody, but – we got to find a way to do that more consistently. And, and, and Ryan, I'll agree with you about the switches. I, and I want to kind of get coach's thoughts on this when we swing it to him. I'm not a big fan of what we're looking like the, the automatic switch. And, and they're trying to point guys out on the cuts and, and the slip screens and things, almost more like a matchup zone. But I, and coach was there, maybe sees it a little better live than we're getting it on the TV. But I'm not the biggest fan of that. Unless you've practiced that a lot, that's a hard defense. And we missed communication. It seems like that. that is their defense. You know, but, but it's very NBA switch off. Yeah, but I don't remember seeing that so much earlier in the year. Maybe I missed it, but I just didn't don't remember seeing all the pointing, all this, you know, like trying to where where they're miscommunicating. We left three times I can think of today and a couple times last night where we just left people wide open, either for a three or a dunk. And so but I'm maybe I'm just not remembering the the, the way they're switching, but I, we seem like we made more contact on our switches earlier, which was what I always preached. We always wanted to make contact with our defender that we were switching with. That way we always knew who we were switching with, but I'm not going to give up on the season. I see some of that in, in the chat a little bit, but you know, it, it is frustrating to see us play at times as well as we do. And then we just have these moments where we're going through the motions. All right, coach Tonsoni live and on the scene. Could even have been seen on your uh, on your television screen behind uh, the behind the broadcast team, who uh, was fairly clear had watched not much IU basketball over the course of the season, based on a couple of their uh, comments during the game. But coach, you have watched a ton of IU basketball this season. What were your impressions uh, from being there live? Well, it it was just a little um, juiceless. Uh, that was in our text message. Um, I thought Indiana lost focus and and they and concentration on the game plan. And I'm not sure the game plan was right early for uh, Penn State as well. But some of that switching uh, struggled in the switching. Uh, I, I think they uh, you know they missed Funk on a on a but two guys ran away from Funk and, and that's what really spurred Penn State in the first half. It was 12-6. And Funk gets loose for a three when two guys switched on him, and then two guys ran away from him, and he hits a three. In the second half, Funk did the same thing. Uh, they lost him in transition. It was 47-47, or it's 49-47. He hits a big three, and then they miscommunicate on a ball screen for a dunk, and it's seven, and that's the ball game. So it was a whole night of, of lost focus and lost concentration uh, by the team. 
and and you know we've seen some of that. The Iowa game reminds me a, a little bit of that. We we competed better uh, and fought, and this team does handle adversity at times, but it puts itself in adverse situations way too much. Um, but offensively, uh, Penn State did a, a great job guarding. Uh, and, and Indiana, when you face good defenses, struggle unless the two best players have incredible nights uh, beyond belief. There, There is not a second necessarily philosophy to go against some of the things that are being thrown at IU. It is simply we're going to do our stuff. And if our stuff isn't working, it wasn't working tonight. Uh, Trace uh, didn't have a lot of room to operate. Uh, Jalen uh, was missing some shots, and then the others refused to shoot uh, open shots. Con- you know, you're not going to take uh, contested threes or volumes of threes. That's just not Indiana basketball. So the, the way this team is run uh, can win a lot of games, and it can lose a lot of games. Uh, it, it's not going to be consistent uh, based on, on who you're playing and, and what they're doing, and you run into a hot team. Uh, Indiana wasn't good enough tonight. Yeah, so as we think about – storylines it kind of one offense and one defense i wanted to talk about so offensively we've beaten this drum pretty hard over the course of the season uh in terms of the the volume of threes that iu shoots and the way that they approach things offensively iu ends up two of 14 on threes over the course of the game i think there was a point deep in the second half they were one of 10 uh at that point and and it's a little bit less to me the fact that they missed shots, it was the unwillingness to take them and the way that this offense is built. It puts you in a really difficult position from a mathematical perspective, as we talked about. It's not like Penn State lit the world on fire from three. They shot 35% from three. They were eight of 22, 23. Um, but you are playing so far behind, from so far behind from a, a numbers perspective by getting outshot that way from three-point range. You have to do so much, and even... When you look at the points in the paint, outscored more than doubled up Penn State on points in the paint. Now, Penn State got to the free throw line a lot. That's not something that they typically do. They didn't miss a whole bunch. Uh, a lot of those, though, were, you know, we can complain about some of the officiating, but I, I didn't, that wasn't the reason. We bid on shot fakes, fouled people uh, in, you know, just it was kind of decision-making on, on both ends in, ter- in terms of falling for some of that stuff. It is very difficult for IU when, they don't get a superhuman performance from both of the superstars on the team, and they don't get to the free throw line a bunch to really overcome the, the, the mix of shots that they're taking. And today was against a team who all they want to do is shoot threes, um, and, we'll, and we'll do that. And I thought there were multiple times IU ran themselves out of an open three into a tough two, and they even made some of them. Miller Cop made two really tough shots but passed up wide open threes to take a much tougher two point shot and was just uh, emblematic of what IU did over the course of the game in terms of taking tough, long twos, which we know is part of what this team is going to do, but really played right into the hands of that, but didn't force Penn state to try to do the same thing. Um, and we'll talk about that, what, what IU did defensively, but, but Ryan, I mean, I, I, at this point, there's really not a whole lot we're going to do about it. This team is going to play how they're going to play. Um, and, and I think this is going to be a, a factor, uh, no matter who IU plays and what happens, it was a little bit more to the extreme today, but, uh, I, I just, I, I struggle with, it. I know you wanted to talk about it, but, uh, you just, like you're formulaically putting yourself behind the eight ball. It feels like. Yeah. You're at a statistical disadvantage to essentially to start the game when nobody's hit a shot, because you know, the other team is going to make more threes than you do generally. 
And so you're automatically at a statistical. There's one point where, you know, both teams had hit eight field goals and Penn State was up 10 points, you know, or, or, or eight points, I think it was. I mean, it's just because you're not matching what they can do. You're trading two for three a lot. What I'll say about it, and I've noticed it over the last few games, and I want to get Coach Tonsoni's uh, perspective on it. A lot of times when I use getting those two, those threes they pass up, it comes out of a kick out from the post and then a swing all the way around the offense with the ball rotation. And then the last guy decides not to take the three. And the reason he decides not to take three is because there's a closeout coming. Those ball rotations are incredibly slow. The ball moves at a glacial pace from guy to guy to guy, and you're giving the defense a chance to recover. Now, a couple times it hasn't happened, but I think guys are just used to it. If I'm the last guy in this train getting the ball, I'm going to have an athletic tall guy closing out to my three. It's not a comfortable way to take a three. Now, should you shoot some of those? Absolutely. You need to pull the trigger sometimes, but not all of them. I mean, if you've got a and, and Miller tried to shoot one late in the first half when, it, when he was contesting, the guy blocked it because Miller doesn't have a huge vertical. You got an athletic guy guarding you. He's going to block that shot. It's not comfortable. So I, I think those ball rotations, because Indiana doesn't do it enough, because a lot of times when Trace does kick it out, the offense works to either get Jalen going to the hoop or a pull-up, or it goes right back into Trace. When they do do those ball rotations, it's not something they're comfortable with because they don't do it a whole lot. And so that ball moves so much that you watch other teams. Watch Purdue rotate the ball around the perimeter. It moves from guy to guy to guy so fast, and there is a wide-open shot at the end of it. That doesn't happen for Indiana. And I don't know if they – I mean, I, it's not going to change. We're too late in the season for that to change. That's something that needs to be worked on in the offseason is – those passes need to move faster to get that shot open. Instead, sometimes there's hesitation. You see Jalen get a kick out from, from Trace sometimes, and the guy next to him is wide open for a, a perimeter jumper, and he hesitates, 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 and then passes because he's looking to drive, looking for his own shot. It's just throwing everything off and throwing off the timing and the rhythm of that offense. And if it worked faster, could that offense work better? Absolutely it could because you'd be getting wide open looks, but you do get a guy like Miller or a guy like Trey whose shots take a little longer to get up and they just don't have the time to get the ball off. And, and that's why you wind up hitting two of 14 today. Penn state closed out hard. I don't think Penn state's a great defensive team, but they did enough today to make those three point shooters uncomfortable. And if your shooters are uncomfortable, not going to make shots. And the only place you're going to get them other than that is in transition. And Miller had a three in transition today, but he just rushed it because I think in his mind, he's hearing from everybody I need to shoot more. I need to shoot more. I need to shoot more. And he gets the ball and doesn't even didn't even set himself to shoot and just fired it up. And of course he missed it. So I they're just it's in their heads right now and they're not getting the looks they need. And there's nothing being run specifically to get them the ball unless it's a kick out throughout the offense. So I, I there's no solution to it at this point in the season. The offense is the offense. I think we've talked about it. We all agree. It's kind of an old school offense. It is not a modern basketball offense. And Indiana's basically having to overcome this every single game they play because other teams hunt threes and they don't. Yeah, it, it's um, we're trying to fit guys into a system uh, and, and the guys don't necessarily fit it. In the NBA, if you pass it around like that, guys can elevate and shoot to three and, and hit contested threes left and right. Uh, or, or the ball, but some of it's moving the ball, but some of it's also the stationary shooters. Teams know where your teams know where you're going to be, so you can set your defensive rotations. And, and even if you move slightly, lift a player from the baseline to the wing. You know, a, a coach is going to scout that and say, "Hey, you close out to this area hard." You know, when that ball gets kicked out from TJD to the top, you are running out to the wing because someone will be there. 
because you know that's and a lot of teams run the same stuff but when you do it consistently uh and you do it over and over again uh, with with other options not being there and, and i also think that they were tentative like you've got to rise up and shoot some um you can't you can't mentally brian you're probably into you're probably into something there but just i thought tamar passed up shots more than miller but even miller passed up shots and um you know you start to wonder if that's not an emphasis of hey you know shot fake to you know shot fake to close out and, and redrive the drive another part ryan is when you're minus here's a situation where x hurts we don't have a secondary driver so absolutely you know, and, Malik, every, and, and Jalen's yeah, drives usually hard. stop around the free throw, free throw line too so you're not sucking the defense in too far so I'm coaching against IU. You close out hard and run them off the three-point line. And and if you have a driver, you're going to go, okay, I need to close out short uh, because you're you're afraid of him driving and then kicking an alley-oop to TJD or something like that. But you're not afraid of Miller Cop putting it on the, on the floor, and you're not afraid of Tamar Bates or, or Galloway can do it, but he struggled the last couple games. So it's a little bit of the, the, the personnel is not here yet for Coach Woodson's system to run fluidly the way he wants to run it. And and on days like this where the other team plays well and has a good strategy, uh, you ha- you run the risk of, of coming up short, and Indiana did. Coach Marlon? Yeah, I, I'm going to be the contrarian here. You, if you're a shooter, shoot the damn ball. I, I'm sorry. I, I was not a Division One basketball player, but when I was in high school, my job was to shoot the ball. I didn't care who was closing out on me. I didn't care how many times it got blocked. Miller Cop, shoot the ball when you're open. I don't care if you have to shoot it over somebody. Their hands are guide. Heck with that. I'm. I, I know I'm getting riled up here, but I. That's no. You're 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 on scholarship to shoot the ball. Shoot it. And if you miss it, then they'll take you out. And I will agree with one thing, Brian. I think maybe they are emphasizing the pump fake on it, but. I don't get that as well, but I will also go back to this as well on, on, on Jalen Penn state plays Jalen the way I would probably play him. They don't drop and Jalen thrives against drop coverage against the bigs that drop and he, they don't, they didn't drop. And I think that Jalen's got to find now what his secondary thing is to go against the team that doesn't drop and still be as effective as he is against the teams that do drop. But I, I, again, I thought Miller passed up too many shots today. He took one off a dribble today. We did almost like a 360. How, somehow got it to go. He made it. He, he made it. I'll More of that, that, Miller. He, he, he made it. But you know what else will help freeze the closeout if you're that worried about the closeout? Pass fake. Pass fake, and you'll actually freeze the closeout a little bit too. I don't. I'm fired up because I'm just. I was a shooter, and my job was to shoot the ball, and I wasn't too worried about who was closing out on me. Coach, I, I agree with your your basic premise that if you're a shooter, you need to pull the trigger. I agree with that basic premise. The problem is Mike, Mike Woodson has said this publicly. The offense's job is not to get you guys shots. They are drilled into them that they are not the first option. They are not the second option. They're not the third option. That is like their fifth option is to take that three. That's so true. That has been in their head. And so in the back of their mind, when they get this, it's like, well, I got an all American right there and I got a lottery pick right there. If this is going to be slightly contested, I can get, we can get a better look, especially when you're a veteran like Miller. Tamar Bates has no conscience as far as that goes. He'll take it if he thinks he's open. Sometimes he doesn't think he's open when he is. And we've seen him pass up shots too, but Miller is a, is a senior leader trying to make the winning plays. He's going to pass up shots. If he thinks that TJD can get a better one or if Jalen can get a better one, 
that's the mentality. And you, you ask Mike Woodson, right? He's like, our job is not to get Miller cop shots. He has said that straight up. Our job is not to get Miller cop shots, not, not the purpose of the offense. And so, you know, he's hearing that constantly. So him just firing contested threes is not going to happen. I mean, you can, you can say he should change his mentality, but he should be given that mentality should be drilled into him by the coaches. Trace seems to be the only one who's telling Miller, shoot the ball. If you have it, shoot the ball, if you have it. And on top of that, what I will say is that coach Tonsoni is on to something here. The stationary shooter situation where Mike Woodson has said over and over and over, I like stationary shooters because everybody knows where they are. Well, the defense knows where they are too. And so that makes it, you know, exactly if you're on the help side, you know exactly where you need to close out to. You don't have to look for your guy and then go, which causes a momentary hesitation, which slows the closeout. Instead, you just run to a spot on the floor because you know he's going to be right there. Occasionally, they'll shift over a few feet, but you're never that far off. And there's never cuts being run to, to vacate other sides. And, and so that's an issue. And it needs to be addressed because you don't see other teams do that. Everybody else moves their shooters to advantageous positions. Indiana does not. All right, let's talk defense uh, for a second. I, I think, uh, and, and Coach, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. You know, Pickett is a really tough cover for, for anybody, the way the uh, you know, booty ball and all that stuff that uh, has been in there. You know, one thing I thought, and this, this ties back to something that Ryan talked about earlier, it was they looked for the matchup that they wanted with him, and then they basically just let him dribble for – 15 seconds to get into whatever position that, that he wanted. I think so. So two things, one of them is that, and, and kind of your thoughts on the way they approach switching in those scenarios. And then the other, it seemed like they did a better job of this uh, as the game went on. didn't help off shooters as much. Um, but again, we've talked about this before. They're, they're helping on drives that aren't there or drives. The other team doesn't want to make. If funk wants to put the ball on the floor. Good. There was a play renew had, Kind of an out-of-control closeout, but he ran Seth Lundy off the line. Lundy shoots almost exclusively three-pointers. Now, he made the he made the shot, but it was almost like, hey, that's fine. You're now making them take a shot that they want IU to take. Um, and so I thought that got better as the game went on, but there were still times and key moments when you know, they lobbed into a big guy on the opposite side of the lane. I forget who it was that helped all the way down into the lane. TJD's there. If the guy's going to score over TJD, you, you're not doing anything about it. So he's got a closeout from the block to the wing to try to, you know, stop a three-point shooter. Penn State obviously makes it, and, and they do that. So I, I guess, Coach, what are your thoughts on IU's choices defensively in terms of, uh, of what they, they did there uh, over the course of the game? It's interesting. We talked last night about uh, Pickett is going to be the key, and he was. He was fantastic tonight in, in finding players, uh, scoring points, rebounds, seven rebounds, rebounding his own misses. You know, if you're going to – play him one-on-one you got to get the ideal matchup and stay with it I think I I think the switching allowed them to dictate who uh, he was going to go against so I don't mind the not doubling because this team shoots threes and if you double you're in you're in deep trouble right so because IU struggles on refinding and closing out and Indiana's not a double team so you know the, the problem was Penn State did a good job of you know really getting the matchups and, and taking advantage of it. But I, I don't have a problem with not doubling him. Uh, maybe have a little bit of a, a question on why they um, switched so much and, and got into some bad situations. Yeah, Coach Marlowe, your thoughts? Uh, anything defensively stick out to you? What I use this tonight? 
Yeah, the one thing that I also think uh, I think Brian raises a good point about the 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 defense is, uh, but I think sometimes we don't we don't mainly because I think our guys feel like they have to get right up to the line to shoot the three. I don't think we understand that there are other kids that shoot the ball from beyond yeah. the line. And so we get comfortable. We allow them to be just step and a half, two steps back and think, oh, they're not shooting it. No, Funk and Pickett and Lundy, you have to be up in their shirt. That's what I used to tell kids. If we had somebody we identify as a good shooter, we wanted you up in their shirt. We wanted to make you put it on the deck and be a driver. I know, and I know, again, I'm not trying to say I'm Mike Woodson or, or I know more than Mike Woodson, but I still believe there's value to philosophies of you make shooters drive and drivers shoot. And too many times, especially against Penn State, this in the two games this year, we've allowed shooters to shoot and be comfortable shooting. And I just I don't understand whether the game plan isn't correct to begin with. I won't go that far, but the kids aren't executing the game plan on the floor. That much is obvious. Concentration defensively. When you run away from Funk uh, and you leave him, when you don't find him in transition, when you don't close out all night long, I thought uh, Ray Thompson had a bad Big Ten tournament in closing out. His hands were down. Yes. He was a step too short out closing out and Agreed. gave up some big threes against Maryland and uh, against Penn State. That's just a lack of focus and concentration. Some of it is the game plan, uh, the switching. Some of it is the players today just, you know, and, and these tournaments, you flip a coin. Like Penn State's on a run. Indiana played the last game, had to come around uh, a little bit of preparation, not making any excuses, but you won't see that again. You'll see a Thursday, Friday, or a Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, where you have a chance to to, to really get into something. But they look confused um, and just out of, out of sorts mentally in their focus. And the little things then, Penn State took advantage of it. Every time there was a mistake, uh, Penn State seemed to get a rebound basket or a kick out for a three. And Indiana didn't have that sense of urgency until very until the very end. I'll say that I, I do want to mention this because you mentioned Ray Thompson struggling on defense. If he's struggling on defense, there's no reason not to have Malik Renew in the game. And and I thought Woodson left race in the game way too long. Uh, he got a, he got he helped on a steal at the end, um, you know, on the on the press. But before that, there was about eight minutes of Ray Thompson that was just bad. And you know, I love Ray Thompson, and I thought uh, you know. It was just a bad performance, and and Malik Renew was playing well, and I think that the team got energy burst when Malik was in there, probably because Malik's played fewer minutes in his fresher, and I thought they got a lift when Tamar Bates was in the game too, but he played late. Malik didn't. I think at some point Mike Woodson has to shove Malik Renew back in that game, even just for the offensive rebounding ability or something, you know, to help you out on the offensive end. Race Thompson just didn't didn't have much going on at defense, and if he's not helping you defensively, there's no reason for Malik to not be in the game because he's a better offensive player. Yeah, I mean, Renew had 6.6 rebounds in 12 minutes. I, it's stunning to me that he only played 12 minutes. Now, he did have three. And he played fine on the perimeter. He played fine when they moved him out on the perimeter, too. And when he got switched on to Pickett, Pickett couldn't back him down. I mean, you know, it's, our best option against Pickett today was was with the times that Trace got switched on to him. I mean, because Trace could – he couldn't power Trace down to the block. And, and even when he did, he had so much length that he couldn't – he'd have to shoot over him. And Malik was the same way. He couldn't push Malik around. Um, they, they started yeah. doing a better job picking the switch man. So, and like, and like Andy said, at least Renault got out and put made shooters get off the line that he wasn't perfect closeouts. It wasn't what you would teach, but he at least got out there and made the shooters uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, I, I could see giving him a little bit of a break, but they took him out and then race Thompson came in and almost immediately tried to back somebody down, lost the ball. Um, 
once yeah. he came back in instead of just getting back in. Started the, the game well. Just I thought he started getting, yeah. the game well. And they, yeah, they really tried to take advantage of him being on picket. He, he scored a little bit in the post, but he only ended up four of ten. He missed a couple right around the rim uh, that you really need him to convert. And um, so anyway, uh, wanted to do uh, have a quick bracketology conversation. I know Coach Tonsoni has got to hit the road to to drive home. Uh, Coach, I guess for everybody's benefit, where where did you guys have IU coming into this game, and uh, do you think that changes uh, at all based on the result? Uh, we, we had him, Andy, as a four seed. I think that stays. I, I think there's a slight chance of a five if the committee thinks Iowa State has righted themselves. Uh, Iowa State was ahead of IU at the reveal, lost a lot of games, and then beat Baylor twice. Those are really good wins. Uh, and if Xavier wins their championship and Virginia happens to win, I think those are the teams that then the committee can say one of those teams has to be a five and Indiana losing to Penn State and I think going three and three since the reveal I think that's a small chance um, we're probably going to keep them on the four line and keep Iowa State at the top five uh, we're going to after the drive home put a lot of work into the final thing uh, this evening the bigger question is what do you do with Penn State um, you know how do, do they rise up if you had them as an 11 or out coming into the tournament <laughs> and then everyone says that the results don't matter uh, and they're playing for a championship. How high does a, a 55 net Penn State rise uh, this late? And I think the committee's a little ticked off that everyone knows they haven't been making the changes on the conference tournament that they're likely to make some uh, this year. So, but I, I think I have definitely in had that good, thought as good I've spot this week. I've definitely had that thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, not. Nah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say, no, I, 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 just agree, gonna say... I, I agree with having him as a four. Uh, that's where I had him coming into today. I think it's easy, particularly as fans, to kind of overreact and say this was a bad loss. It's not a bad loss in the sense that it's to a tournament-level team on a neutral floor. It's not a bad loss in that regard. I think the frustration over how IU plays probably makes people think they're going to drop more than is really realistic for them to drop. Uh, I'm with you. I think they, by far the most likely outcome is if they end up a four with an outside chance of, uh, of a five at this point. So I'll, I'll let you I'll let you close with, with whatever else you're going to say. Sorry. Yeah, and, and um, it, you know, it's fun atmosphere, great turnout, great uh, IU fans here at support in Chicago and, and appreciate those who stopped to say hello. And, and you know, Sunday, tomorrow, we're going to relax. So we, we know that they're, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. They're going to be a, a top 20 team in the tournament field, a four or five. If you're the worst five, you're the – 20th best team in the in the country according to the selection committee so disappointing day uh, not happy with the way they played uh, for most of the game and we've seen this uh, big win at Purdue loss uh, to Penn State find it again good you know this team has been inconsistent and some of that's due to the injuries some of that's due to you know the roster makeup and we just got to hope that they can find a couple wins uh, and make a, a sweet 16 it's a fun team I, I thought they played hard uh, I just didn't think they were as focused on the little things that matter and Penn State did a much better job so get some rest might be a blessing in disguise fellas uh instead of with all the sure. minutes that we play that I you said, get home yeah I definitely rest, said I'd right? rather lose so. today than tomorrow so if you're gonna lose so yeah, yeah. all right well coach, have a good rest of the show you hopping on for us uh and uh safe travels home to you and good luck to you in Delphi and the uh yeah. in the bracket matrix yep all right all righty see you fellas all right see you coach no coach
All right, well, when we come back, we'll talk more about IU's 77-73 loss. We'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed and then go inside the numbers. If you're listening to Simply Call, stick with us. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. All right. Thank you, Christian. And you're listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips and Jeff Marlowe. And we're breaking down IU's 77-73 loss to Penn State. Uh, and right now, it's time for the meaningful moment that you might have missed, which is brought to you by our friends over at the Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, you can visit HoosierTicketProject.org. Again, that's HoosierTicketProject.org. Coach Marlowe, we made a commitment to you that we would let you go first in the segment so that no one would steal your moments again. Uh, I know that you said that you had one, so uh, I will I will kick it to you first for a meaningful moment that you jotted down from the game today. Yeah, I'm going to go back, and, and we, we've kind of talked around this meaningful moment already with you and Ryan and Coach, but it's that ter- turnover by Jalen hood Shafino. At the, in the second half when we were up 49-47, we had the ball, another chance to either get tied or get the lead back or get a lead, and Jalen was just really loose with the ball, just a real casual-type pass that gets a steal, and that's when Funk hits the three in transition. And from there, it really – we never – I know we got it back at the end, but to me, that was where the that, – that moment, I circled that as soon as it happened. I was like, dang it, that's a, that's a play that's going to come back to haunt us because it's just too casual. Jalen – may have been tired he may have been fatigued and we can ha- we've had that discussion before and we may have it again today about whether or not he gets some needs some rest but that pass in that situation way too casual way too loose he didn't value the ball enough and they took advantage of it and to me that was the meaningful moment i really wanted to hit today yeah i thought they did a good job of really um jumping him uh, on some of these pick and rolls double teaming him putting him in positions to try to get the ball out of his hands and, and i thought there were times uh, that, as you said, he struggled to make crisp passes or the right pass. There was another one, uh, and kind of speaks a little bit to this in one of the moments that I had, that I used up 12-6 to 6 in the first half, had two chances with the ball to extend the lead. Galloway settled for a three. Uh, that was after, I think he just made the great pass in transition to TJD. Uh, you know, kind of settled for a three early in the shot clock. And then next possession, you know, Ayu gets a stop, comes back down, Huchifino airmails one into about the fifth row. Uh, it was so high over cop's head, the cop didn't even bother to try to jump for it. Um, and I just thought some of those things were, you know, just wasn't as sharp. Uh, and for a, as well as he played uh, last night, granted he played 40 minutes in that game, uh, and we can have those conversations. But yeah, I think that play that, that you talked about was really one where, you know, you can stem the tide of the run really quickly right there. 
and instead it became a 5-0 run and then a 7-0 run and all the work that you had done it's so deflating all the work that you had done to get back in the game and tie it up just goes away just like that uh you know ryan thoughts on anything different that you saw from huchifino do you attribute it to penn state's defense him being tired uh definitely a game that he struggled he came out first basket of the second half really absorbed some contact and scored and i thought all right he's you know he's going to come out uh and really take it to him and then he, he it was a while before he he scored again and really impacted the game uh, on the yeah i thought that I, I thought that play was hopefully going to be hey you know that's a uh sort of wake up moment and, and it'll get going but uh, i thought two things as, as coach marlowe's noted they didn't play drop coverage on him so he what his his long two attempts were mostly contested or he was having to get him up quick before the defender recovered to him and he was rushing and you could see his whole body was, you know, not usually he's very square when he takes those pull-ups and he was not square on, on his long pull-ups today. But also, I mean, let's be real. He played 40 minutes last night and played 40 minutes again today. It's that wears you down. I'm sorry. I know everyone's gonna say, well, he's 18 years old. He can play as long as he wants. That's, that's, that's a load of horse shit. Like guys get tired. They just do. I don't care how young you are when you're not used to doing something constantly, you're going to get tired, especially back to back days. Um, do the hardest workout you've ever done in your life and try and go to the gym and do the exact same thing the next day. You're going to have a little bit of a taper off. And that's why kudos to Penn state playing their third game in three days and having it go down to the wire uh, after overtime yesterday they rose up to the occasion and I'm not sure exactly what point Indiana tied at 47, 47, but when they tied it, Penn state looks slow. I tweeted out their legs are heavy right now. They're slowing down. Indiana keeps attacking with trace Jackson Davis. They are tired. They can't guard him. And Indiana let them back in the game. Penn state got a second wind. It's probably actually in this tournament, like their fifth wind and, you know, attacked Indiana and turned the tables, was able to turn the tables after some bad offensive possessions by Indiana allowed the momentum. They allowed momentum to carry him. And I thought at that point, 47-47, with how Penn State looked and with the crowd behind Indiana, if you play smart down the stretch, you're going to win this game. And Indiana just didn't play smart. And, and, and that goes into Jalen. It goes into a couple other guys who just did not execute the way they needed to. And I don't think Indiana attacked the way it needed to. And, and part of that's Jalen. I mean, I, I do think that Jalen at some point, I know he's a lottery pick. He's got that Kobe mentality. He's just going to keep going until you make him, until you force him to stop. I think at some point he needed to start looking for other people's shots instead of his own a bit more because some nights you just don't have it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That, you know, great players have off nights. And I think that he just kept trying to find his game a bit too much. And, and that last three at the buzzer, I mean, I know he's made some big shots late, so you don't really, you're not super angry at him for taking that shot, but at the same time, it was off the bounce fading away almost and or not fading away, but fading to the side when indiana needed a better shot than that i think at that point down three you need a better shot than that if it's down four you just rush into three to to do it but um yeah so i think his game was just he allowed penn state to force him into something he he didn't want to be and then just continued to do that as opposed to making an adjustment yeah the other thing that really happened in that stretch uh shortly thereafter trace went i'm trying to look at this now so i could be i could be missing a, a shot here or there he made the dunk to tie it with 10:23 to play, and the next free field goal attempt uh, or free throw attempt that he had came with two minutes and 43 seconds left in the game. I mean, that was almost eight minutes where he didn't get a shot, 
And I don't know that that was really something Penn State was doing. I just thought IU went away from him and took it did more difficult Absolutely. shots than they really needed to. They had, didn't have anybody that could guard him or really wanted to guard him uh, at that point. Anybody got in foul trouble. I mean, the one guy came in and just, you know, totally, you know, kicked his self-respect out the window and tried to throw himself on the ground to get a, a foul call. Yeah, I mean, that should have been a flop warning. They by the way, they, I mean, they wouldn't call it because there was contact, but still, yeah. they should have reviewed that. Yeah. I mean, he went yeah. down like a sniper. But, got they, him but, and he but got anyway, I mean, I guess my I, that you know, I I did think that was terrible, but uh, you know, I, I just thought they went away from him really for no reason. Uh, Penn State didn't change what they were doing, uh, and in a game like this, when they did have heavy legs, it, it felt like in that time, just too many possessions where he didn't touch the ball, where you relied too much on other guys to make plays. Andy, I will say, I think there were a couple of those. He did get some touches. I want to say it was after that in that segment where you're talking about, I agree, not enough, but there were a couple of plays there where I thought he was going up and they ruled the foul on, he got fouled twice, at, at twice, twice in, in that eight minutes that Andy's talking about. Mm -hmm. I can, there was at least two plays where I thought he was going up pretty obviously and the TV crew did too. And they ruled it on the floor. So officially he didn't get a shot, yeah. but he should have been at the line. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what, one other moment or sequence of play, and, and really this is just a means to talk about Malik Renew and, and Tamar Bates a little bit more. There was a stretch in the second half where those two guys scored nine straight points for IU. I think Ray Stops yep. had actually scored uh, the two before that. So not going to be too many times when IU scores 11 uh, out of 11 IU points that none of them are scored by TJD or Jalen Ochefino. Yeah. Uh, but I thought once again, uh, Renew played really well. I know we touched on him. Probably a, a better chance to touch about uh, on Tamar Bates. Uh, now, I thought he came out aggressive, uh, took a lot of shots. I know uh, one of you mentioned earlier, I think, Ryan, it was you, that he you know, even passed up a couple. He ended up taking 12 shots. Um, a couple. His maybe, first two were, were bad couple, decisions. Yeah, a couple were forced. But I thought, in general, he didn't let that take him out of the game uh, and was more aggressive there. He had a you know a really nice drive that he just couldn't finish. I, you missed, for as many points in the paint as they had, they missed a few bunnies uh, right around the rim. But I, I thought he really gave a spark, especially on another day when Trey Galloway was struggling. You know, the biggest thing that Bates struggled with was defensively with trying to guard Jalen Pickett, which is a position that he probably doesn't need to be put in, as yeah. we talked about before. But it ends up 6-12 of 12, uh, from the floor, 2-5 of five from 3, hit the only two threes for IU uh, in the game today. Three assists, no turnovers, did have four fouls. Most of those were late in the game just trying to get steals and uh, and things like that. But another solid effort from, from tomorrow. So if we want to try to... Uh, at least start to veer this into uh, optimism optimism territory here. I think his play and Renew's play over the last two games have uh, have been important and something IU is going to need. Uh, Ryan, uh, hop in uh, with with thoughts on Tamar's play today. Yeah, I mean, IU's second leading scorer today was Tamar Bates. I don't think anybody would have bet that earlier in the day. Um, he did. He did. He early on he had a drive and like a floater that was bad, and then he had another one where he kind of pulled up quick and it, just not shots you want him taking, especially just after you get into the game. You want to be into the game a little bit, unless it's a wide open three, which you know he can make. Take those, but just pulling the trigger way too quick, and and one of them was a possession where nobody else got a touch and he had a floater each shot a floater in a precarious situation where he was down it's like not to mark calm down um but i thought other than when he was guarding Pickett, which is just out of his control Pickett's a big guy who just mauls people into the position he wants to and quite frankly that's a guy you can flop on because he backs into you so hard he could probably draw some fouls but he didn't do that he didn't want to play solid defense on him and i i credit them for that the problem is Pickett gets where he wants to go 
nine out of 10 times, he's making that little turnaround jumper. And, and, and Bates just not big enough and strong enough to handle that. So he got switched onto a few times. Other than that, I thought Bates played really well defensively. I thought he was with his man. He would not leave his guy on the perimeter. Uh, I think he got caught up once on a switch and recover where they hit a three over him. But other than that, I thought he played really well. Again, we've seen this a couple games in a row where when he's been in there at the very least, his defense has been good. Uh, and he made some big shots for Indiana, hit a big three to close the gap, hit another three late to close the gap. And he actually started driving a little bit, getting into better positions when the threes weren't there and making some shots. And Tamar Bates, and, and if you want to fast forward this to next year, if Tamar Bates is here, you need him to be able to get to the rim or at least get within five feet to make some baskets so people just don't overplay him on the three-point line. He's certainly capable of that. And we've seen him with the, I would say, the the courage to drive into the lane, but we haven't seen the confidence to finish this year. He needs to take that next step and be finishing around the rim if he's going to be the player I think that we all expected him to be coming out of high school. So I thought it was a really nice performance from Tamar on both ends of the floor. He definitely outplayed Trey Galloway on both ends of the floor. There's no question about that. And it's a second straight game. He's done that. So here's hoping that this is something they can build on because they're going to need a guy who can hit some shots in the NCAA tournament, Miller cop Malik renew, or I mean, uh, Miller cop Tamar Bates and, and, uh, Trey Galloway are all going to need to hit shots in the NCAA tournament. And then you're going to need Malik Renew coming off the bench, providing that spark that he does. Some people have already been asking, should he start? No, I love Malik coming off the bench with that energy. He energizes the team just as soon as that adrenaline wears off. I think it's a perfect spot for him right now. And he's been playing very well. So both he and Tamar, huge, huge bonuses today. I will say this. I, I know it's not going to happen, but I really, if it was me, I'd have some serious thought about putting Tamar in the lineup next week in that first round of the NCAA tournament, just because I'm a big believer that you reward guys for playing well. And Trey, as we, as I said, he hasn't played well these last two, two games. And, 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 and to me, Tamar's earned. Now I'm not in practice. I don't know what they're doing in practice. I don't know what, how they're practicing. I don't know what their you know production value in practice is. And I know Mike Woodson probably isn't going to, we know he values veterans leader, you know, veteran seniority really more than it might be a little late to change the lineup. Maybe season, I, think, yeah. I will just say I grew up watching Bob Knight switch lineups around once in a while. So even if it was late in the year, but I, I again, I know it's not going to happen, but I think tomorrow, and we talked a little bit about this last night, Ryan and Andy, I know you were, you weren't with us last night, but we, I, just that defensive effort has made the difference for me to see tomorrow. Cause I think it's helping his offense. The fact he's locked in better defensively. Yeah. So before we transition to stats, I want to circle back on this on renew, which I had, had forgotten to mention he, he right before he went out had kind of gambled for a steal on the wing ended up fouling a, a jump shooter uh who who made the shot that was he went out of the game with 11:48 to play and he never came back in uh i just just don't really understand now you didn't sub hardly at all down the stretch they went small for a really short period of time and went back to it i just didn't understand it based on how he played but no need to believe that all right let's transition let's go inside the numbers uh we've we've hit on a handful of these uh already on some of the important numbers that define the game. But I know, Ryan, you said you had something you wanted to uh, to hit on, so I'll throw it to you first here. Well, it was just going to be – I was going to talk about uh, about tomorrow, but I also can, can put at just – I mean, another example of three versus two is Indiana 47% from the field, Penn State was 40% from the field, and Penn State won. And and the reason why is they got to the free throw line, first of all, maybe a bit more than they, they should have comparatively to Indiana. I mean, 
11 to 26 in the free throw department when Indiana was playing through the, through the paint mostly um, probably deserved a couple more calls there. As Jeff pointed out, there were two where uh, Trey should have been at the line for four, four more free throw shots there. I mean, I don't know what the officials were thinking there, but anyway, uh, and then Penn state, you know, outscored him from the three point line uh, 24 to six. And, and, you know, when you, it winds up being a four point game, that's the difference in the game right there. It's free throw line, three point line. And Indiana has to get back to doing that. The other thing was the offensive rebounds. I mean, giving up nine to Penn State, who was a terrible off- a terrible rebounding team, terrible offensive rebounding team, and, and giving up 12 second chance points when you lose by four is real tough. Uh, yeah, I, that, that one definitely stood out. IU out-rebounded overall 38 to 30. Uh, and it's not even so much that they aren't a good offensive rebounding team. It's just not something that they value at all. Based on statistically, they're just trying to get back. They want to slow the game down, uh, all those kinds of things. I, I think um, that was one that, that stood out to me. IU, outside of Tamar Bates, was 0 of 9 uh, on threes. Can't do that and win in the nope. NCAA tournament, FYI. Like, uh, pretty can. brutal. Uh, turnovers, you know, assisted turnover rate. IU, 20 assists on 31 made field goals. Uh, only Great. Five, only five turnovers. Um, you know, it just felt like uh, you could get the shots that they wanted on offense if they were patient enough to do it. And I think there were and they were a few too many times, particularly as the game got away from a bit in the first half where they just were willing to take the first shot that uh, that was available, even if it wasn't the best one. Uh, and really, you look down the, the stat sheet, the only two guys that shot, uh, I guess three guys that shot over 50% from the field, TJD, 11 of 14, Probably needed to get more shots, as we talked about before. Malik renewed two for three, and Tamar Bates six of twelve. Everybody else was below fifty percent uh, shooting that, that played for IU. Uh, Coach Marlowe, thoughts on those or any other stats that you wanted to hit? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the free throw. Ryan talked about the overall number, but I, I kind of like the you know I grew up again. I've mentioned him a number of times. Bob Knight was the guy I was you know trying to be when I was growing up to be a coach, and and we always talked about shoot more, make more free throws than your opponent shoots. Well. Penn State, Penn State today. <laughs> Penn, Penn State today, for a team that went to the line, I think they said nine attempts per game. They made double. They made double the number we attempted. That let that sink in. They made yeah. double the free throws that we attempted. They were twenty three of twenty six. We were nine for eleven. And I know, again, I'm not trying to complain about the fishing. I actually didn't think the fishing was all that bad. I thought Trey should have been at the line, like I pointed out. But there are parts of it I just didn't think we were strong in the lane. I didn't think we were aggressive at times. But a lot of, you know, in a game where you lose by four, when you get outscored by 14 at the line, you can't defend the line. And and so I'm, that's the one number I wanted to point out here. I thought you guys pointed out some other good numbers, and that's the only one I wanted to point out. Yeah, the one that for me is Trace Saxon Davis. You know, you talked about Andy, that 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 stretch where he didn't even get a shot, you know, offensively. And I know that there were some fouls in there. Um, but he took 11 shots today in a game where Penn state doesn't have anybody who can guard him. And they, that's why they have to double so hard, but you did not being able to find ways to ISO him, get him in the middle of the floor where it's harder to double. They did it a few times, but mostly he was posting up on that, on that right side to go over his, go over his right shoulder, uh, and, and waiting for the double team to come and then playing off it. But he was 11 of 14. And he only shot 14. Tamar Bates shot 12. Jalen Huchfino shot 13. I mean, Trey should have taken 20 attempts today, like <laughs> minimum for me, because there's just no one they can guard. You, you play Purdue and he takes 12 attempts and dishes out a ton of assists or whatever. You understand that because they have Edie right there and, and that stuff. Penn State doesn't have that guy and didn't have anybody to guard him. And he only took 14 shots. I think the offense should have been far more focused on getting him the ball 
especially in that stretch in the second half where Penn State looked exhausted and Indiana went directly away from it, which again, just, I mean, it, that's on the leadership of the team. That's on those guys who were in there. It's on your point guard, not running stuff for him. And, and it's on coaching too. emphasize that from the sideline. You need to get him touches because there were possessions where he didn't even touch the ball on some possessions. And it's, you just can't do that. I mean, that that's just not a high basketball IQ. Recognize what the defense is giving you. Recognize the other team is tired and recognize they can't do anything against him and then attack. I mean, he only shot three free throws because they just didn't get in the ball enough to, to get in there and, and Penn state couldn't guard him. They would have had to foul in that time to do anything to stop him. And Indiana just didn't get it done. What I really, um, you know, what, what's interesting, and it goes back to the, the, the kind of math component of what we talked about before. It would have been one thing in that point if you, you weren't going away from him in favor of taking threes or in, in favor of doing anything specific on the perimeter. They just went away from him. It, you know what They I mean? just stopped getting him touches. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was odd. So, sorry, Coach Marlowe. Go, go ahead and hop in. I was just going to say that I thought they let the Penn State defense kind of freak them out a little bit in terms. Penn State was dictating what Indiana was doing the whole game. Right, and 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 when they got it, when the few times they got it to TJD, they doubled and they and they dug in a a little bit on it. I think and that just freaked them out. Like they decided they didn't want to throw it into him, and I didn't understand that part at all. So I just kind of wanted to to double up on your point, Ryan. Yeah, only other number I'll throw out here before we, we break is fast break points, 13-3 to three for IU. IU's best moments in this game when the game was got to be up and down. Uh, yep, I, State, I would have pressed earlier. Penn State, I, I think it was worth the shot earlier just because you've got a team that's tired. Now the challenge is you've also got an IU team who's playing short bench and whatever, True. but I felt like you needed to do something to try to speed the game up because most of the good moments for IU were when things got up and down in this game. Yeah. And that wasn't obviously hitting a bunch of transition threes and all those things, but that was where it felt like you had the advantage and what can you do to kind of push the pace? Because once you let Penn state get in the half court, they're more than content to have one or two guys just dribble around they have the a well- possession until they, yeah. they do that. And that's for them. They're trying to, to maximize what they have to it, to a certain extent that if they can get the matchup, they want try to create opportunities to kick it out and, and shoot threes is what they want. I mean, they had a very defined philosophy, uh, a hundred percent and executed it versus I used defined philosophy. They would tell you is we want to play through TJD. And when it got tight in the game, as we just talked about, IU went away from it. Penn state never went away from what they wanted to do. No. And, and look, Micah Shrewsbury is a very, very good coach. He has designed a very good offense and Penn state is perfectly comfortable running a full half court possession, knowing they will get something. And pretty much all day they did get something there. I think there were two times late, they 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 missed something. I think they had one shot clock violation too. Uh, but in general, they know they can get a shot. It's just a matter of making the shot. And so the way to disrupt that is to speed them up. And and I'd like to see Indiana in the tournament maybe throw out of nowhere, throw a press on somebody a little bit. They've got guys who are quick enough. They've got guys with good hands. Uh, maybe you don't get a steal, but you definitely throw the other team off of what they're doing and make them uncomfortable. I'd like to see it more. I really would. I think that Indiana's done it well this year, and they rarely get beat back deep because Trace is good enough to cover some ground back at the other end. Maybe you get a transition three against you, and then you say, okay, they figured it out. We're out of it. But I'd like to see them speed other teams up because you're right, Andy. You're absolutely right. When they speed teams up, they play better. And it also gets their offense cranking and working well. So uh, totally agree with that, and I'd like to see it more. 
Yeah, and one of the logical places to do that, and again, they didn't get to the line enough, but it's off a made free throw. That's a place where you can put set up your press or fall into a half-court trap, change it up, give them a different look. I totally agree with both of you on that. I wish we'd do it more often as well. All right, well, coming up, we're going to hand out our Who's Your Hustle Award. It's probably me talking about TJD, who we've talked about not as much as normal today, given his stat line, uh, more about him not getting the ball. Uh, but anyway, so we'll talk about that, hand out the Who's Your Hustle Award, and uh, look ahead to what's next for you. Zizloft, I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Would have really enjoyed Nick Zizloft out there raining threes. Uh, and Would have been nice. Had the opportunity. Hey, can we dress him up like those kids in the State Farm commercial where you're just putting him like inside you know, somebody's yeah. body? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Uh, all right, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. You can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have already subscribed. You can join that for free today at join.assemblycall.com. Again, that's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips and Jeff Marlowe, and we are breaking down IU's 77-73 loss to Penn State. Uh, it's now time for our game balls, which are presented by our friends over at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more about all they offer at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you can get 23% off their testing services, 23 in honor of TJD. Uh, all right, guys, this one, uh, as has been the case so many times over the course of the season will probably be a uh, an easy decision, but uh, it is kind of funny. We I don't feel like we've talked a ton about uh, about Trace, who I assume will get this. And uh, so, uh, Coach Marlowe, I'll throw it to you first for uh, your game ball pick and uh, anything you want to hit uh, with TJD, assuming that it's him. Yeah, I'll go with TJD here, and I will just say this. I think it, it got tweeted out during the game that he did officially move past Don Schlunt into the yep. number three spot all time on the IU scoring list. So congrats to Trace. And, and Ryan pointed out last night he'd have to he'd have to have one heck of an NCAA tournament to probably move up any farther on the list. But um, I and honestly, though, I kind of felt it was almost like a quiet 24 for TJD tonight. You know, I know he had a couple dunks and he had some and, and, and some nice moves inside. But like we talked about in the earlier segment, we really didn't feed him a whole lot. And like Ryan said, he only ended up with 14 shot attempts. But I'm going to go with TJD here because I felt like he was the one, the one player that that at least throughout the course of the game was at least trying to make things happen. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, it's TJD. Uh, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, no turnovers, a block and, a st- and two steals. Thought he had a couple opportunities for, for blocks that, you know, again – playing back-to-back days, maybe just didn't have the lift to get to them a few times. I would have liked to see them kind of run him at Pickett a little more when Pickett would get down low, make it, you know, maybe as a help defender who's 
can go up and maybe affect the shot a little bit. He did affect the shot twice. I mean, picking it back to back air balls uh, from about six feet. And that was because DJD was lurking and also Pickett's legs look heavy, but um, so yeah, it's, it's easy. I'm glad they were able to get him about three minutes worth of rest, but he was fantastic today as he always is. And uh, you just, you, you kind of are have a, a, what could have been with Indiana attacking with him a little bit more in the middle part of that second half uh, when they had a chance to take the lead and, and just didn't, I mean, it, it, you know, crazy thing is Indiana's last lead came with like, you know, it was, it, it was at like 12, 11 or something like that. Uh, so they, it, yeah, it was 12 to 11 with 13 40 left in the first was the Indiana's last lead of the game, which is just crazy to think. So um, I, I, you know, would have liked to see him get the ball more. Uh, hopefully in the NCAA tournament, they can they can continue to feed him and he can just continue to rack up points because he's such an efficient player and he's going to continue to do so as long as he's got that IU uniform on. But I, I'll say this too about Trace. Uh, now we're in elimination mode. Um, you know, every game could be his last. So if you're an Indiana fan, savor every single possession he has the ball and on both and every single possession he's roaming around, they're blocking shots. Because uh, if Indiana falls, he's done. And that's going to be a real sad moment for Indiana fans. It, yeah, I mean, you, you look at the stat line, it, it did feel like if you can have a quiet 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, I guess he did. But uh, maybe that's just – which is astounding given that you know, we talked about before, he went almost eight minutes without – getting a getting a shot um now some of that is him being unselfish and trying to find other guys but uh another just solid solid performance from him and just didn't uh got some help from some unexpected sources today in the form of you know tamar bates and, and malik renew to a certain extent but uh just not enough from the other guys uh around him to uh to put it over the top so uh that is trace's 20th game ball i believe in the season next closest person jalen hitchfino who has four uh so <laughs> Uh, all right, so we will transition from that, and uh, if I can pull up the sound here, we will get into the next one. The Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. So for a Hoosier Hustle Award, Ryan, I will throw it to you first. Who gets yours for today? Sorry, this was this was a tough one. Um, I really like the way Tamar Bates played. Uh, I think I'm going to give it to him because he was out there longer than Malik. He was out there twice as long as Malik. I, I could see it to Malik, but he was only there for 12 minutes. Uh, he should have been out there for more, quite frankly. But I thought Tamar, you know, forget the offensive numbers, which I think plays into player of the game, which, we, you know, game ball, which which goes to Trace. But defensively, I thought he played really well. I thought he did everything he could against Pickett, who who backed him out. Those are the only negative times I saw. And that was about three buckets that Pickett scored were just him backing 
Tamar down because Tamar's not big enough to guard him. Uh, but other than that, uh, Tamar was on point defensively. He was one of the few guys to not get beat several times on a three. And I, I really liked seeing him out there running the floor, opening up some lanes for people and being aggressive on offense, which, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, aggressive play on offense out there. Uh, as a side note, I also thought, you know, I know Miller passed up a lot of threes that he should have taken, passed up a couple threes he should have taken, was over three from three. I thought he played really well defensively, too. He was very engaged. He actually was probably their best straight-up option on Pickett uh, today because Pickett couldn't back him down as, as much because he's 6'7". Uh, but I thought Miller played well defensively. Uh, so both those guys get a little head nod for me. Malik was great. I just don't think he played well enough to get the, to get the hustle award, so I'm giving it to tomorrow. All right, Coach Marlowe. Yeah, I, I actually could agree with Ryan on a lot of those points. I kind of was looking at a couple guys as well. I thought Renew was really solid, and I, I loved the effort he brought off the bench. Would have liked to have seen him get more minutes in the second half. But, and I thought Miller, I, I was, when I first saw that, Ryan, I was like, man, we got Miller on picket. I'm not sure I like that. But he actually did do a fairly decent job on him when he did either have him or he got switched off on him. So I thought, again, I thought Miller played well. But I'm going to go with Tamar. I've been one that's been a little critical of Tamar as we've gone through the season. And, and I'm going to give him, give him his props when he plays well, like he did last night and tonight. And I think he deserves the hustle award tonight. It, yeah, I'll, I'll go the same direction. I think you guys hit it well. I think to me it was it was Tamar or Malik, uh, and and I think what like, like I said earlier with with Bates, I was glad to see him after he took a couple bad shots, missed a couple shots early, didn't really detract from one his energy on the defensive end or two his willingness to take shots uh, as the game went along, and I, I thought he really stepped up, played well. And, and again, if we want to try to take some positives away from this heading into the NCAA tournament, I think uh, a couple solid games from him and, and Malik Renew uh, to be able to provide a little bit of punch off the bench is, is pretty huge. Um, so I think uh, yeah, a well-deserved honor for him. So he gets that one. That is his second Hugo Hustle Award of the season. Current leader is Trey Galloway, I believe, with seven, if I'm looking at the totals here correctly. Uh, so as we talk lingering questions, um, obviously one lingering question is where does IU go in the NCAA tournament? That's a question we won't know until the selection show uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Uh, but for me, it, it's just it, – it, and Jared's talked about this a lot. Ultimately, these past few days are pretty – or these past two days are kind of a microcosm of what IU's been late in the season, and that is a team that can play really well in stretches or in games, but a team that is ultimately inconsistent. Uh, yep. And we can pin that on, you know, the philosophy of what they want to do offensively, whatever, whatever you want to pin it on. But the reality is that's kind of who this team has shown us that they are. So I guess, Ryan, for me, the lingering question is, you know, does this is this finally the one that serves as the wake up call of, hey, I have to play with the same sense of urgency that I played with in the last two minutes when they almost erased a 15 point lead in two minutes uh, and do they come out with that that urgency in the NCAA tournament? Do they come out with that because, hey, this is it for Trace. You play this way again, you're done uh, as, as a collective group if you, you come out and, and make some of the same mistakes. Um, does this team have what it takes, do you think, to kind of flip it on uh, to make a run as the uh, tournament starts next week? I don't know, and I think that's a scary thing to say this far into the season. I'll say this. They started both games in this tournament well. They started well, which has been a problem for Indiana at times in games they lose is they they don't start well. The problem was that middle section of the game, they just sort of lost the intensity and lost the, F, the, the energy. 
And it's not an effort because these guys are playing hard. I've, I've said that since day one of the Mike Woodson era. These guys play hard for him. They do. They play hard. They expend energy, whatever. But there are times where you think you're playing harder than you are, I think. And that happens to every college kid, uh, and no matter what school he's at, no matter who your coach is. And there are times where they just suffer energy deficits. And, what ha- and they lose focus defensively. They start making dumb plays offensively, taking bad shots, getting into. I mean, there's a point in this game where they're like 0 of 10. Uh, you know, they missed 10 straight shots, or it was nine, maybe. Maybe it was like one of 11 in a row. And you can't have that at this time of the year. You just can't. You need to be able, when things are going badly, to change what you're doing and get a bucket. And that's on the players, it's on the coaches to run, to call a play. Okay, we know we can get a basket off this. There's always one in your back pocket. And so Indiana needs to be able to not allow those runs where they're getting smoked. Now they've been able to answer with big runs at times. And today they answer with a big run. It was just too late. If they start that a minute earlier, they win the game. You start that with three minutes left instead of two, you win the game. And it just, those, those areas of deficit where they're getting, you know, 14, four runs put on them. They can't do that at this point of the year. You need to, a seven point run is understandable, but having a team score 14 points, when you're answering with four and getting a plus 10 out of a, a four minute run, not okay. And you can't do that this time of year, especially when you're this much of a veteran team. If you're a team of freshmen and sophomores, you're going to have, it's going to be run versus run versus run versus run. Not with these veterans. And, and this team can do something. It has two studs and it has role players who can play. You can't, fall in those gaps though because teams better than penn state will crush you if you do that we saw kansas do it earlier this year you know a good team will crush you if you allow them to do that so heading into the tournament that's my biggest thing is can you stop those runs and have them not be 10 to 14 point runs but be five seven points and then you answer with your own and keep it closer yeah coach Marlowe, how do you kind of view what we've seen from this team and and how that can translate or, or will translate into the, the next phase of the season. Real quick, Andy, I, I want to ask you a question because I'm not a bracketologist per se. Is it a true S-curve? I mean, would the, if IU was the last four or the first five, they'd still pretty much be in the same region, right? Uh, no, it's it's not really because of okay. some of the other bracketing rules and who you can be aligned with. So they kind of went away from that when they did some of the other things geographically. Yeah. So, uh, okay. It's, it's a little bit dependent upon you know where other teams are and different things like that so I, okay. I won't get into, I, I won't get into the minutiae of it but it's uh but it's it's not quite that straightforward yeah so my lingering question is the same as we've talked about and Jared's talked about it on here and I think I want to credit Ryan when he says some things that I agree with I think it was him that made the comment last week that this team would it really totally shock us if they lost on the first weekend? Or would and it wouldn't, but it wouldn't be shocking if they got to the elite eight. It, they're just so inconsistent, and I just think that somewhere, and I don't know, it's not a switch to turn on, but if they can find somehow a way to play their best th- two weeks of basketball, we could be here in a couple of weeks talking about going to New Orleans with a chance to play in the Final Four. And I know that's, excuse me, I know that's an outside shot, but that's how good they can be when they are playing focused, hard nosed connected basketball and so my question for them is can they and the staff and and the the people around them have bring that for 40 minutes every game and like ryan pointed out and you pointed out 
it's one and done now. Yeah, it's a, it's advancing or, or go home. And and so you better bring it every night because you're not going to get another one. You won't get another chance this year if you don't. Absolutely. All right. Well, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show as we wrap up here. Uh, remember, you can check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. And uh, with that, it's time for last call. Ryan, I'll throw it to you first. Final thoughts on the, uh, the loss to Penn State. Another disappointment in the Big Ten tournament. Shocker. I don't think any of us expected this to go particularly well because we've been trained to not believe that, but it's a bummer they didn't get to the final. I mean, it really is. I think that this game was there for them. If you look at, you know, we were kind of talking in the chat off air here. If you look at it, you know, Seth Lundy, who's been lighting it up from three, two of seven. You know, Andrew Funk, who you can't let get any shot. So he's 0 5 the rest of the game. Uh, Andrew Funk, guy, you cannot let shoot the ball. Three of eight. He took eight. You don't want him to take eight. He hit three of them. Um, you know, Miles Dread, three point, you know, poison from deep for the opponents. One of four. Indiana had his chances in this game. If you look at those numbers, you isolate those numbers and you ask me who won the game, I would have said Indiana because none of those guys was shooting it particularly well. Wound up, you know, Penn State wound up at 35% for the game. So Indiana had its chances. The problem is that Indiana allowed an opponent to dictate what it was going to do. And it can't do that. You can't do that when you have an All-American and you have a lottery a guy who's probable lottery pick also on your team. You cannot do that. And that's the lesson moving forward from this one is you have to dictate the tempo and you have to dictate what you do offensively. Do not take, do, take what a defense gives you. Don't make a defense force you into what you don't want, which is long twos, contested shots, all of that, and going away from your stud. So that's the lesson from this one. I hope Indiana learns it. I hope that they get, you know, favorable. I think we're due a favorable matchup in the NCAA tournament. I don't think we've had one in a long time, a, a favorable stretch. Um, this is a team that should be in the Sweet 16. I, it's If they don't make it there, I think it's a disappointment, a pretty disappointment, a uh, pretty disappointing season, end of the season, if they don't make the Sweet 16. Um but let's hope that they line up against teams that they can match up well against and that they then go play uh, the way they're capable of playing. And I don't think they played the way they were capable of playing today, and I think it's what sunk them. And, uh, you know, valiant effort at the end to get this close. I, I really did appreciate the effort and snapping back into it instead of just fading away and, and sort of shrugging their shoulders and walking down the tunnel after a 15-point loss. I appreciated the effort late. I just wish it would have come a minute or two early earlier you do that a minute or two earlier you're 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 heading into your third matchup with purdue uh instead they waited till too late uh and they just let penn state uh body them for 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 a long stretch of the game and and it was really disappointing to watch so uh you know it's been a successful season so far uh let's hope they learn the lessons of this game because they're lessons they should have learned earlier in the season and they have not yet so let's hope that this is a wake-up call Yep, Coach Marlowe, uh, real quick before I throw it to you, uh, one reminder for when our next show will be, which we're going to do a post-selection show, Sunday show. It looks like around 7 Eastern is what Jared had here. Follow uh, the, uh, the Twitter account for that. Women's selection show is also uh, tomorrow night, uh, a little bit later than the, the that's, men's show. Uh, I believe it's at 8, I want to say. Yeah, that's, like, that's community only, too, I think, Andy. I think you have to you have to be – that's only for our community. It's more uh, of a happy hour. It's more of a happy hour, I believe, that is going to show up. Okay. But don't quote right. me. I think that, but okay. we're doing that, yes. But we will be doing that tomorrow. Kathy and I will be doing that. All right, awesome. So, yeah, so uh, feel free to, to kind of throw in what you guys have planned. Obviously, we'll be doing post-game shows for the, uh, for the tournament. Um, and so uh, no. feel free to, to – 
throw that in as well. We certainly appreciate you hopping on with us the last couple of nights here as well. Yeah, and, and and Kathy and I will be following the women as we go through and, and wherever they play, whenever they play, we'll have our post-game shows begging as co close to after the game as we can. If they happen to draw like a 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock afternoon game, Kathy and I's work schedules don't allow us to hop right on as soon as that game's over. So we'll probably be on a little bit later in the afternoon. But uh, I think also, Andy, I don't know if Jared said anything you guys said. I think last year we kind of did a combined – uh, bracket show with the men's and women's show like on Wednesday night before or before it started or maybe even Monday I can't remember what night we did but we're kind of thinking that's going to happen again as well so just keep following the Twitter accounts and 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 the community to find out when we're when we're going to be on we'll keep you updated there and want to thank you for giving the opportunity to talk about the show um I'm with Ryan I it was a little disappointing but isn't isn't it nice that our disappointment is the fact that we lost on Saturday remember how many times we've been in this tournament and lost on Thursday or you know or wednesday so at least we made we won a game and we got to saturday and yes it would have been nice to beat penn state but i'm looking forward to the next week i, I really i'm i still want to believe that this team can do something in the NCAA tournament get to that second weekend and then after that you just never know but they've got to play with more urgency for a full game and they've got to play with more focus on the defensive end they can't be as un as as uncommunicate uncommunicative as they were tonight and last night yeah for, for me like i said at the beginning it feels like a similar refrain that we've had a lot of times this season i think that overall speaks to the inconsistency of of who this team is and it's not that they lost it's how they lost i think we've probably come on for most games and, and said something to that effect and i think uh today's game and even yesterday's felt like they had solved a little bit of those slow starts uh, but really struggled at times in the in the middle part of the first half, and the 12-6 lead became a like a, you know, a a large deficit that they really had to chip away from as they worked back uh, to get back in the game. And, and kudos to them to get back and tie it initially, and then make that run at the end. Uh, but this team has to find a way to play more consistently somehow to get on a run. It doesn't mean. Uh, that if they get on a run that they have all of a sudden become a consistent team, but they can be a consistent team in March, and that's all you really need. You've seen teams over the history of the tournament be able to kind of pull things together, maybe play in a way that they had struggled to play uh, consistently during the season. And I think this team has some of the components that you look for uh, for a team that can have postseason success. Uh, this team also has some of the traits that you look for for a team that could flame out quickly um, if they're not focused and, and some of those things. So I think... Uh, anybody who knows what they're going to get from this team on a game-to-game -game basis is, uh, is fooling you if they tell you that they know that. Um, but I think overall there have been a, a lot of positives to the season and hopefully a lot of basketball left to be played. We certainly uh, have enjoyed the journey and some of the ups and downs of what this season has been so far. And, and quite honestly, I think we will see a really focused effort from TJD as he comes out looking to keep his college career going. was fantastic again today, just didn't get him the ball quite enough. Uh, at times uh, in the second half and, and down the stretch, but uh, looking forward to, to watching his final games, however many of those there may be left. He certainly uh, certainly earned that over the course of the season and looking forward to, uh, to seeing what happens next. So we'll learn about that tomorrow and on the selection show, figure out where IU will be going in the tournament and who they'll be facing. Uh, again, right now my best bet is that they're a, a four seed and uh, we'll see who their opponent will be. A lot of the teams on the 13 line still have their conference tournaments uh, to play this evening, so we'll see what happens there and uh, get some idea of who they're going to play and where they're going. Likely to be Albany, Orlando, or Greensboro, if I had to, uh, if I had to guess on that part. So 
Uh, we'll see. But that will do it for us on the show tonight. Uh, if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assemblycall. Don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IUHOOPS with you again on Sunday night. And until then, take it from me, Freddie Max Wayne Jr. Keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and man, go up and dunk the ball. Go Hoosers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I like everything about that. All right, gentlemen, appreciate you being here. I think we've said all there is to say about another Big Ten tournament loss. First <sighs> event that it is. So. Why do they even have this tournament every year, really? It doesn't even matter. In the That's year. what Bob Knight said. <laughs> he yeah. didn't understand it. If you win it, it doesn't help you. Like, Yeah, um... the, the fact that they have it played when it does and i mean that argument's been made about a lot of the conference tournaments they don't help you a whole lot but yeah you you give yourself no chance whatsoever now it would have been interesting if ohio state had been in it uh committee would have had a little bit of uh, contingency work to do if that had happened but obviously they did yeah. not uh, did not get it done that would have been a hell of a run to win five in five days for them to uh to win it but yeah. Didn't didn't Syracuse do that one year in the Big East tournament? No, UConn. Well, Syracuse UConn. I think got to the final with Jerry McNamara. Did okay. they win it? UConn did it with Kemba. Okay, and that, that was, was they did that. Yeah. They won something like they won something like I think it was eleven games in a row to win the to win the national championship. I mean That's right. But, and that was Kemba hitting step back like daggers. Yeah, that, that was the one where he ended the one guy's life on on pit that fell down. Yeah. And, yeah. That yeah. Was like and the, then he hit the a, he a couple he he hit a couple game winning step backs in that tournament too. And that was the year. So he did that in Maui that year when I was there. And I remember sitting in the row with all the executives. So for some reason they stuck me instead of the, the press side, they stuck me. I would think I was a late uh, press pass. They stuck me alongside all the NBA executives and scouts. And I remember sitting in the row during the championship game where Kemba scored, like he scored something like 96 points over the three games or something. And mm-hmm. I'm just watching them as he just keeps just ruining guys for jumpers. And UConn wasn't even supposed to compete for that that title that year because they were so young and just everybody sitting there just like jaws on the ground and when you see nba guys with their jaws on the ground during a during a college game you know something like special is happening it was insane didn't was that the same year though that was it them in in syracuse where mcnamara they had like the four or five overtime game or is that a different year my it was a different that was a different it was a different that was a different year i'm showing my age i think that was uh i forget too some of the key participants in that were but yeah that was a different year so, all right. Well, I'm going to wrap things up. Later, guys. I know you're busy, Andy. So, uh, yeah. appreciate you guys say a prayer on. for Andy Bottoms. Yeah. Say, say a prayer for Andy Bottoms over the next two days. Appreciate yeah. you guys having me on again. Oh, of Absolutely. course, Jeff. Appreciate Good luck it. Tomorrow. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being there here. We'll uh, get back to everybody when we know where everybody's going. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Thanks. See you, everybody.